welcome back to part three of our Where Did You Learn to Behave Like That podcast series. Um, we're going to be talking about a great deal of things going forward. Um, and we've talked about a lot already, if you've been following along. Um, in this in this episode, we are going to be looking at the relationship of the coach and the coachee. And as, of course, I am joined by the expert herself, my mother, Sarah, the author of the book. Hi there. Hi, everyone. Hi, uh, Josh. Hello. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the relationship, mm -hmm. aren't we? Yes. Um, and how important we think it is to being a present part of the conversation that you have with Childhood Story. Mm. So take it away. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I... Um, the relationship between the coach and the coachee or the story guide and the story sharer as they're called in this model it is fundamental it's um it's so important and i suppose where i want to start actually is in um in saying something about story work and um how it, it may be one conversation so you can do childhood story work in one conversation a moment arises hmm. you know and that that can enable an insight or um, can have an impact on the other person in a really positive way. Um, it can be that, every anywhere from that through to a whole series um, of sessions over an extended period of time, as long as there is work to do. Um, and this is where the relationship um, becomes important. Actually, it, it's important right the way across that spectrum. So can I meet someone for the first time and establish a connection with them, be in relationship with them in that moment um, so that so that I'm in service of them in this context of, of, of childhood story work? Um, and then that builds and grows um, as the as the work continues. Um, and the relationship is important because of the um, the challenge that there is in doing this work in we, which we explored a bit in podcast two about shadow behavior and the shame and embarrassment that can arise around that so that's you know that's important it's it's uh, we we work with this idea about um the importance of developing a strong container in the relationship between the story guide and the story sharer which means that actually um the person does feel confident to go there to dare to look and to go there to go deep to go to get deeper into that story um in service of changing the nature of the impact that that story and that old internal narrative is having on them. So the relationship is fun fundamental, hmm. fundamentally important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think for something as personal as childhood story work, you can't, you can't as a coach, not be present in that conversation. Hmm. There's a lot of um, alternative models that yes. I've experienced that actually it is appropriate for the coach not to be mm. in the room. Mm. Um, Cause it is all about the coachee at that mm. point. Um, but for this one, because it goes so deep, mm. if, if you don't, you know, kind of hold hands and go deep together and mm. use yourself for context and this, mm. that and the other, you actually, I think you detract mm. from the experience. I, th I think um, I agree with you to a large extent I think there are also, of course, therapeutic models that would um, that would advocate not using self in service of the other. Mm. Um, and so I don't necessarily think it's so much about depth because those models will achieve depth 
um, yeah. and will enable depth in the work. Um, but uh, in this model, um, we are advocating, I am advocating um, the use of self. Um, and there have been books written about the, therape the therapeutic use of self in service of others and so on. Um, in this context, um, my background is in dialogic working, so working emergently um, uh, with, with others through, through relationship. And dialogue is a relational approach. And so the, that, that's in a way what's informing um, its um, presence in this, in this model of, around chartered story work. The, um, and that's why I'm stressing the importance of, of the relationship. And I think it, um, the use of self takes it a, a step further. Um, and again, often there can be concern about, about doing that. And I think as long as the coach or the story guide is absolutely clear about intention and purpose around the use of self, so sharing something of self around one's own childhood story work, as long as they're clear that that is in service of the other per person, then it's it's okay. It's more than okay. It's a mm. it's a it's a valid uh, and helpful practice. Um, not least of all, it lets the person know that they're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, that there are others who have had um, who ha have maybe experienced strong emotion associated with their childhood story or whatever it whatever it might be. Uh, but that being clear about it being in service of the other person is is critical because mm. if i'm in some way meeting my own need then we're 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 in trouble then that's um you've corrupted it at that yes, point yes and, yeah. and that's not ethical practice no. um, on the part of the part of the coach no there's also a question that i raise in the book about love and whether love exists in the relationship between the story guide mm. and the story sharer, and that word love can can cause a, a high stakes reaction for 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 some people. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's an interesting exploration around: is there love in the relationship? And if there is, is it real? Is it one sided? Um, is it is it reciprocal? Is it reciprocal? Is it reciprocated? And when I talk about love here, I'm not I'm talking about. Um, I'm not talking about uh, love in an intimate way or um, uh, in that in that kind of sense. It's mm. um, it's a sort of um, I uh, draw from David Cantor's definition of love, which is about deep knowing. So about there's a depth of knowing the other person, mm. um, and that when there is deep knowing, there is love. And so um, when the childhood story work takes place over a period of time, I think there is. There is love. Love does exist, but this whole—it's um, complex, and this whole area, this whole territory, is explored in more detail in the book. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it is—it is fascinating listening listening to you talk about that concept of love mm. within the relationship. Because um, in a way, and again, we talked about dare to ask and dare to look in the last um, in the last uh, episode. Mm. When that love exists. Is it easier to do, or does it make it harder? Do you say? Do you find? I think it can go either way. But my own personal experience was that it it made it easier. Mm. So some of the the most traumatic experiences that I had had, I, I that I needed to have a, a really deep tr trust and knowing of the person that I was working with, um, and 
the fact that there was love there in that context of deep knowing um, made it possible for me to go there, made it possible for me to speak what's, what, what had up until that point seemed um, uns- unspeakable. Hmm. Um, and in speaking it, it was released. Yeah. And so it no longer um, caused harm in the way that it had done right up until that point. And sometimes we can think that, you know, that in this work we've got to, you know, there's got to be some, um, you know, complex process or procedure or method for, you know, what do, what do we do as a story guide when someone actually reveals something of that kind? Mm. You know, they're giving voice to something for the first time when actually the work to do on the part of the story guide is to listen it's to bear witness mm. that is the work to do that's yeah. that that is it yeah and um, there is nothing to do other than really bear witness listen be with that person and actually um in my experience both of being a story guide and a story sharer the love the knowing um, mm. deepens it's it um it grows, it builds, rather than what often the fear can be in the, on the part of the story sharer. You know, if I reveal this thing about myself, you won't love me anymore. You won't respect me anymore. Yeah. You won't like me anymore. Yeah. And that's that's the you know the grip that that old internal narrative you know that's greedy and you know wants wants to remain. It doesn't doesn't want to be. It doesn't want to mm. doesn't want there to be a new internal narrative. Yeah. So what's it what's it like when you've worked with someone for however long you know 10 15 20 sessions say and that kind of draws to a close how does how does, what what happens then hmm. yes well because it's a relational approach and you're in it you're in the room with with that person um, it can feel like a loss to both both of you, to the story guide and to the to the story sharer. Mm. Um, and so it it feels very important to attend to the closure, um, and I think also to to the closure is important, and um, and also leaving the door ajar is also helpful because this is a life's work. Yeah. And sometimes something else can come up, and so letting the person know that they can come back at any time if they want to or need to um, is 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 helpful. Uh, but certainly, there you know, there've been many occasions when I've really felt the loss um, mm. because there's been a strong connection and um, uh, and a deep knowing in the relationship, um, and um, it's mixed um, as as loss often can be. Um, so there's the sort of celebration and the um, uh, and the real genuine joy that the person's ready to walk on, um, mm. uh, and and yet at the same time, um, I, I have often at times really missed that person and um, uh, and um, and really felt the felt the loss of them. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a mixed thing, which again. I think is you know it speaks to this issue about um, about the importance of attending to the relationship between mm. the story guide and the story sharer, and always ensuring 
that um, you are, as a story guide are in service of that story sharer, including knowing when to draw the work to a close. I've also had the experience, and I share this example in the book, of where somebody that I was working with when I was a story sharer um, made some moves to draw the work to a close prematurely, and that mm. had a massive negative impact initially. Mm. And that it went on to we, we went on to be able to do some really good work around it because it had it surfaced some issues around abandon, you know, feeling abandoned, and you yeah. know, another part of the childhood story was 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 surfaced, and we were able to work on that. But so yeah, it's this is a um, an area for um, for coaches to to really explore and work work on mm. and attend to yeah be mindful of yeah it's always kind of that most difficult part isn't it what makes you say that i've had it i've had experiences before with um with not as a coach but as as a trainer mm. um knowing to let go mm. Mm. Is, is it's difficult it's mm. really difficult and you know i i look after 10 15 people at a time um and the business needs for whatever reason for them to be released quicker i don't think they are ready you know this that and the other i had mm. to learn i had to learn to have more confidence in my ability to draw that talent out of the people that i was developing and that they were able to do it mm. Mm. um and of course to remember to leave the door ajar mm-hmm. in that just mm. because that particular session mm. is over yeah. it doesn't mean that the the relationship or that my input into their continuing development was over um and it is difficult it is difficult it's, it's very hard to kind of sometimes leave that out and i think particularly with something like childhood story work Mm. Well, you learn so much about someone, mm. you know. Mm. It'd be very difficult to, mm. to to be able to, you know, let go. Mm. Um, but it is the key fundamental skill, really, isn't it? And it talks in depth, doesn't it? It's mm. like the kind of mm. uh, around mm. sort of chapter ten. Yes. Um, yeah, chapter ten is called "Hold Out Your Hand," and um, the first piece is about that, about holding out your hand, and um, it really it really matters if your hand is held, um, you know, metaphorically or, mm. or literally, but metaphorically when you're in pain or when you're struggling with something, it's really yeah. important to have your, you know, to, when, you know, it, it matters that your hand is being held. Um, and, um, I love the research by Ackerman, um, who, 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 um, wrote about the brain being affected differently if someone you trust is holding your hand. Mm. And so, the story guide holds out their hand to the story sharer and the story guide saying, effectively saying, know that I'm with you. I'm standing alongside you, supporting you. I'm holding my hand out to you. Hmm. I think that is a perfect way to end, mm. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, um, we've got a few more parts coming, so please do stay tuned. And if you're enjoying this as, as much as we are, um, do pick up a copy of the book at www.dialogics.co.uk forward slash shop um, and get involved with the conversation um, it'd be fantastic and we'd love to hear more from you please do comment uh, send us messages post um, and tell us what you think about the book um, and yeah really do join the conversation that we're having as we continue um, 
Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next part. 